Welcome back, Huddle Up Podcast. It is the Five Observations with Big Jim. I am the host of the Huddle Up Podcast. You can find Tuesdays on uh, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. Uh, if you don't uh, subscribe to those already, make sure you do so uh, by following the link tree over on Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast as well as uh, Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. Hit the link tree, find the um, you know the YouTube there, get the podcast channels. Uh, this is the five observations. Uh, if you are new to the feed, um, each week, uh, sometime between like Friday and Sunday, um, uh, myself, I hop on here just to give my five observations of the sports world from the week that was. And uh, that's what I uh, that's what I got here. Uh, but make sure you check out the other content that is on the feed. We of course have the weekly, as I just said, the weekly uh, live huddle up podcast. We do that during the football season, so um, at least uh, for the next couple months, we're going to get that content out weekly live. And then on the podcast feed, we also have the Five for Fighting, which is our weekly look into the National Hockey League with Mike Bernier. And uh, hopefully here soon, we're going to get the uh, NHL, uh, excuse me, the NBA podcast with one Ernest EJ Christian, who you can hear with us uh, on the uh, on the weekly uh, Huddle Up podcast uh, as well. Um, but again, you can follow us at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, on TikTok as well, uh, if you are a TikToker. Um, but uh, make sure you subscribe, uh, rate, and review the show if you have not done that already. And uh, tell somebody about it. We would certainly appreciate that. We always appreciate uh, your support of what we do here. Um, so I'm going to start. I'm going to go uh, into the world of hockey. Uh, so I'm not going to steal all of Mike's thunder. Um, but I, I, you know, and you you can call me a Capitals homer or whatever all you want. I don't care. Uh, we are truly lucky, um, maybe blessed. I don't know if that's taking it a bit too far. But to watch Alex Ovechkin play um, is is truly a thing of beauty. Um, and reminded again as he continues his chase towards uh, 800 career goals, Gordie Howe at 802, and hopefully uh, knocking off uh, Wayne Gretzky um, as the career goal leader in the National Hockey League. But... Um, Ovechkin scored his 790th goal, a game-winning goal on November the 23rd, and his 791st uh, just yesterday. Uh, as I record this, November the 25th, it was a uh, it was a power play goal and a three nothing win uh, on Black Friday for the Capitals over the Calgary Flames. Uh, he is now 10 um, uh, behind Gordie Howe. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I've said for years that he is truly, um, in my opinion and, and, and hell, hell, um, many ex NHLers have said it, including Wayne Gretzky himself, that, uh, Alex Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer the national hockey league has ever seen. So who am I to argue with Wayne Gretzky? Who am I to argue with, uh, the greats that have played this game? I tend to agree with them and I don't think I'm just being a homer when I do it. Um, but, uh, I, again, I am just. I am so thankful that I'm alive to see this era and to see Ovechkin do what he does, um, but also that Alex Ovechkin is a member of uh, my favorite team, the Washington Capitals, has been that his entire career, um, is, is something I'm even happier about um, because, like I said, the things that he's doing, uh, he is doing uh, for my 
team. So uh, that is something I'm super excited about and I'm watching this week. A um, couple observations from Thanksgiving Day uh, of, in the National Football League, starting with my uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and I apologize, my voice is a little hoarse tonight. Um, uh, I was yelling at the TV during the Notre Dame game, so um, it uh, a little bit hoarse, uh, but we uh, we press on nonetheless. Um, yeah, look, I know the Cowboys won. I know they, uh, you know, they they righted the ship in the second half, but uh, Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are going to be the downfall of this team this year. You look at the first half of, of the game on Thursday. Um, the play calling was abysmal that they, they were once again, kind of trying to lean too much on Dak Prescott. Um, I thought there was a lot of poor, uh, poor decisions. I, I keep coming back, uh, not just in the first half, not just in the second half, but it has been an ongoing problem during the McCarthy era now in its third year, um, that this team, um, has no discipline, uh, I think there was 13 penalties or something on the Cowboys in this game. Uh, it has been a continued problem. They're not getting any better with it. Uh, so I, I, I can't really, I, I don't really understand how you can continue um, to not work on these discipline problems, be it uh, pre-snap penalties, uh, just just mental uh, lapses by this team, uh, and, and it is getting, getting no better. Uh, I continue to scream at the TV uh, and on and into the void that is my Twitter page. Run the ball. Run the damn ball. It's not that hard. You have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. You have probably the best one-two punch uh, in terms of uh, running backs in the National Football League. Uh, at least one of the best. Now, I'm not saying either of those guys is the best running back. So let me let me clarify that. Dalvin Cook, better. Derrick Henry, better. Um, Christian McCaffrey better individually. There's probably others. I'm not. I don't know if I'm willing to put Jonathan Taylor with it with as bad as the Colts and he have been this season on that list. But there's probably others. But those are the first three that pop into my head. Okay. But as a one-two punch, I have a hard time finding a better one. Okay. And and they just continue to lean on Dak Prescott more and more and more. Um, two weeks ago against the Packers, we saw 46 passes, I believe it was an, an embarrassing failure in green Bay and the Cowboys lost the game. The, uh, two weeks ago, uh, or last week, excuse me, against the Vikings. I think he threw the ball 21 times. We saw what happened. The Cowboys stomped the, the Vikings into the ground. And then this week they were they in the first half they were going back. I think I think Prescott had uh, I want to say seventeen passes in the first half. Um, if 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 I remember correctly. Now again, I was uh, I was pretty uh, bogged down by by Turkey at this point um, of the day. But uh, the point stands that that they were leaning too heavy. It wasn't working. The game was too close, and. Uh, in the second half, they went back to the run game and what was working for them. The defense was able to do what they did because they were rested and prepared, and the Cowboys ended up winning convincingly. So it shouldn't be Mike. Mike and Kellen, if if, if we can sit here and we can watch this, and again, uh, armchair quarterbacking, whatever you can call it, what you want, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that hard. It really shouldn't. Um, but again. Mike McCarthy thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and dumb, dumb, super genius uh, Kellen Moore thinks he's the same. 
Um, so they're perfect for each other, and the, but they're horrible for the Cowboys and their fans. So, um, you know, I, 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 the the offense has has talent, um, and and is really good when it can be and when it needs to be. The defense is very good. Still have an issue with the the run defense, but um, hopefully they can they can um, clean that up before the postseason. But uh, bottom line is you're only going to get as far as as Kellen Moore and Michael uh, Mike McCarthy are going to take you. Um, and lastly, on the Cowboys, I know there's been a lot of buzz about uh, where Odell Beckham Jr. will sign. Um, and for the record, I don't want o- Odell Beckham. I don't like Odell Beckham. I never have. Um, but I feel like the Cowboys might need him more than um, more than I realize, and more than they realize. And 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 um, if he signs there, uh, my only hope is that he can be uh, more helpful than hurtful for that team in that locker room. Um, but uh, we will see, and we'll pay attention to that to see uh, if there's any news on it here in the. Uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, other observation from Thanksgiving night watch of football. Um, Kirk Cousins apparently can play well and win in prime time. Hmm, who knew? Remember last week I was saying maybe we don't lean too heavily into the narrative. Maybe with a new coaching staff and different game plan, a different mindset from the Vikings that maybe... Cousins might be okay. Look, I don't know how good the New England Patriots are. Okay, I don't. They had to, they, they took a punt return in the final seconds to score their first touchdown and to beat the New York Jets. Okay, who hadn't thrown for what more than thirty yards that day or something. Um, and Zach Wilson got benched. So look, I'm not I'm not sitting here writing home about it and saying that um banging the drum that Kirk Cousins is going to win the Super Bowl and all these primetime problems are fixed. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this, and I and I said it last week again. Um the narrative can only go so far. You have to look at context. You have to look at the game plan. You have to look at at, at the beyond the box score. Okay, um, and and if those losses in his career were on him or they weren't, because I you know I and and I'm not making a direct comparison, so don't. Don't tweet at me or don't come at me and, and, and say that's what I'm doing here. But Tony Romo, and I and I I'll I'll finish the point and then I'll then I'll go back. Tony Romo a lot of times got got uh the flack for what his defense couldn't do. There was a you know, I, I the the primest example of this, and there's plenty. But the most prime example of this was the the game against Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos in Dallas. I think the final ended up being what fifty five to fifty three. Romo had seven touchdowns that day, five five touchdowns, six touchdowns that day. 
But he threw he threw an interception when the Broncos has had scored their eighth touchdown of the day. And the and everybody blamed Tony Romo for not being able to beat a good team. The guy who went out and put seven touchdowns on the board. But he's the guy that couldn't do it. Um so I feel like Cousins um, is is in a similar boat. Now I get I get too that the quarterback is the leader. Like I get I get that he's the leader. So I'm not saying that Cousins or Romo or any of these quarterbacks who are getting paid. Uh, you know, the, the most significant amount of money in the National Football League, generally speaking, um, are not without blame. But I just think that sometimes the narrative, um, I think that, that, that just sometimes the narrative is way, way too much, lean, is way too leaned on by, by people. Like it, it's it's just one, you know, it is just one of those those things that becomes the talking point, and and it it, it becomes this thing where I feel like people can't look away from it; they can't see anything else when talking about the Vikings or Kirk Cousins, or they couldn't talk about anything else when talking about the Dallas Cowboys or Tony Romo. So, I I was I was happy for, um, like cousins, uh, in that moment, uh, on Thursday to to win in prime time. Now, does he have to continue to do that when he's in those situations? Absolutely. To to really change it, to change the discussion, to change the narrative, to change the talking point. You know, he's got he's got to continue to do. And perform the way he did on Thursday, which which was which I thought was extremely well. But he got to continue to do that. You can't do it one time and go problem solved. You got to continue to play better. You got to continue to be that guy in that moment when you have that opportunity. Uh and 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 it put the, the win on Thursday put the Vikings back on track. Now. Um, do I think that their, um, their position on people's, uh, power rankings or in their mind, um, has been completely reset after, after what happened last Sunday? Probably not. You need to see, you probably need to see a little bit more or other people need to see a little bit more. I feel okay about the Vikings right now. I think they're right there in line. With San Francisco and Dallas, and uh, you know, in in that tier of the uh, of the NFC, um, but uh, there's still games tomorrow. As I'm recording this, to you know, um, on uh, on on Sunday and Monday to uh, see if, if there's going to be any more shakeups in the uh, in the National Football League. Oh. And speaking of shakeups, that brings me to my fourth observation this week, and it is from today. Um, the, like 
just a few days ago on Huddle Up Podcast on uh, Tuesday night, bing, um, we were talking about, um, you know, how the college football playoff field seemed like it was setting itself. Georgia, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, possibly the loser of Ohio State, Michigan because of the loss to Tennessee and TCU. Okay. I think, I think because we figured LSU was going to lose to Georgia in the, in the, in the uh, SEC title game, uh, the PAC 12 championship may not have a case above um, a one loss Michigan or Ohio state. If the game is close. Uh, and and Clemson because of the schedule and the strength of the schedule in the ACC probably wasn't going to have enough uh, even with a conference title win to uh, to jump up and, and capture one of those four spots. That's what we kind of figured. And Alabama was there, but it was cute. You're like, okay, cool, you're still there, huh? Um, so much has changed this weekend. Um, starting in. Um, with Clemson, Clemson lost today to South Carolina. So Clemson, it doesn't matter if you win the ACC title game, you're gone. Goodbye, Dabo. See ya off the bus. You are done. You are no longer part of the college football playoff discussion. See your cocky ass out. Bye-bye. Okay, then we go to the other noon game that had a surprise. And that is Michigan-Ohio State, the game. Um, the game was an ass-kicking. And there's, there's nowhere, there's no way other way to describe it. 45 to 23. Ohio State, at, at, at the close of the bet was a nine-point favorite at home. And on both morning shows today, uh, College Game Day and Fox Big Noon Kickoff, all they kept talking about was the weather last year. The weather last year in Ann Arbor, it was snow, it was cold, it was windy, it was damp, it was wet. That's what slowed down. Reggie Bush compared Ohio State to a Lamborghini. He said, you don't take your Lamborghini out in the snow. So today's perfect because the weather's perfect. Ohio State went down and scored seven to start the game. Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt were talking about how uh, it was dumb for Michigan to defer the, the the coin toss to the second half because the and and right when Ohio State scored, they said, "Listen to the crowd; they're now into it." Michigan kicked their ass for the second year in a row. Okay, so we'll get back to Ohio State, but Michigan. They're locked into the two spot. Do they have a case for the one spot after what they did today? Um, the the Georgia resume is probably going to hold up a little bit stronger, especially in the eyes of the committee. But do I think there's a case for Michigan at number one? Sure. Do I think they'll be number one? No. I'm not going to give my top four or my top six. That'll come Tuesday on the Huddle Up podcast. Bing! Um, but we'll get back to Ohio State. Uh, the Pac-12, their only hope is USC because Oregon did today what Oregon does 
and they proved they 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 made me look like a jackass because I said that they had their sights in front of them. If memory serves, they they have everything in front of them. They're gonna bounce back, and they didn't. So Oregon, Oregon, good job. Uh, so the only the only hope for the Pac-12 is the is is USC who 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 beat Notre Dame handily tonight um so they 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 took care of their business but now you can't stumble in the Pac-12 title game because I think you're playing Oregon they're going to be out of the top 10 USC has to win convincingly in the Pac-12 title game maybe not so convincingly anymore because the way things shook out but I'll get there in a second but I want a sidebar because I know one of my co-hosts of the Huddle Up podcast, Bing, student of the game, Kyle Nash, is going to listen to this. And if you go back to our college football preview show from the beginning of this season, I said that Notre Dame would finish between 8 and 4 and 10 and 2. And student of the game, Kyle Nash, laughed at me and told me I would, basically told me I was crazy to think that Notre Dame was going to do that well. I think I officially locked my pick in at nine and three, but what I said was worst case scenario, they would be eight and four. Okay. Well, there is a lot of worst case scenarios that happened for Notre Dame this year. Lost to Marshall, lost to Stanford, and you got, you got, you got beat. Well, you got, you lost by what? I think the, what the final was by 10. The final just, uh, it was a 10 point. 11 point because Notre Dame went for a two point conversion late, which I didn't quite understand. Um, but 38 27. Okay. Um, but they finished eight and four. So, Kyle. I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. And thank you to uh, Ernest's son, Ernest EJ Christian's son from last week's Huddle Up podcast for giving us my favorite new soundbite. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the thing that we've been hearing from Kyle for the last two seasons, but now we, I get to use it against him. Um, so Notre Dame goes eight and four. They'll get to a decent bowl game. Hopefully they can win that finish nine and four on the year. Um, uh, a, a solid, a, a, what honestly with the way, after the way things started, I think it's a great first year for Marcus Freeman to rebound and come back from that and a team that doesn't quit. Okay. I'm done being a homer. Back to the back to the the playoff discussion. So if USC wins next week, they're in. TCU won big today. If they win the Big Twelve, they're in. Um, TCU may be in either way if it's close, but but maybe not. The Big Twelve is is kind of funny that way. Um, the the Georgia, they're probably in either way. Michigan's probably in either way. This is where it starts to get funny because on the show on Tuesday, Ernest uh, said to us that and kind of asked the question, does Alabama still have a chance? And I, and I said, look, mathematically they do, but, but realistically they probably don't because there were so many pieces that I thought had to break for them that weren't going to happen. And, and even later, as I was texting with him throughout the week, I said, 
okay, here's the things that probably need to happen for Alabama to have a shot at getting into the postseason, into the playoff. You're going to need either a blowout in Michigan-Ohio State or the winner of Michigan-Ohio State to lose the Big Ten title game. Didn't think either of those was going to happen. Michigan blew out Ohio State. There's one. Okay. I thought I said you're going to need TCU to lose. They didn't lose yet. I said you're going to need USC to lose. They didn't lose yet. So you're going to need Clemson to lose. Okay, they're gone. Remember, bye, Dabo. The bus is leaving. You don't have a ticket. We're going. Bye-bye. Um, and I said you're going to need LSU uh, to lose in the SEC title game because there's no way they're going to lose to Texas A&M, right? <laughs> Shout out to the student of the game, Kyle Nash, for that one. Yeah. <laughs> LSU played themselves out of the playoff before championship weekend by losing to Texas A&M. Going into this game, 4-7 and seven, Texas A&M. And boy, let me tell you, uh, watching that game and seeing Brian Kelly on the sideline for LSU, as a Notre Dame fan, that face looks familiar. The how did I lose a game to a team I had no business losing to face? Seen it, lived it, less than ideal. So LSU's gone. So as I as I was preparing my notes for the show, I said Alabama, and I and I I'm gonna hate to, to say this because I never like to tell Ernest. And if you've listened to the Huddle Up podcast on Tuesdays, you know this. I don't ever like to tell Ernest that he might be right. But Alabama is still alive. Now, I, as I was preparing my notes, I said you still need two of these, the next three things to happen. TCU, LSU, and USC to lose a game. Well, LSU did that. So now you probably, you really, in my opinion, probably just need either TCU or USC to lose. And then here comes the question. Does Alabama get in over Ohio State? Ohio State has been padded by wins against Penn State, who's highly overrated this year. Ridiculously overrated. That's not a top 10 team. And they're going to be after this week. Thanks, LSU. Thanks, Oregon. Penn State's not a top 10 team, but they're going to be there. So that's going to help Ohio State's resume. Now, what happened to Notre Dame in, in L.A. today is not going to help Ohio State. But everybody's going to look at it and go, Ohio State be the number five team in the country to start the year. <laughs> Notre Dame won the five, number five team in the country. Listen to the entire history of the Huddle Up podcast, and you'll hear my thoughts on preseason rankings. They're terrible. They should be done away with. But does Alabama get in over Ohio State? That's the million-dollar question if TCU or and or USC lose next weekend. 
So Alabama, their resume, we know they have two losses to Tennessee and to LSU. That LSU loss looks awful damning now. As kind of does the Tennessee one. Like, let's be fair. Now, they beat hapless Vanderbilt 56-0 today. Sorry, Vanderbilt, you weren't about to get a SEC win streak. And Ohio State's only loss is to Michigan, who's going to be the number two team. Maybe the number one team, but likely the number two team in the country. But again, if you look at Ohio State's schedule, with the exception of number five, Notre Dame, who shouldn't have been number five, number 13, Penn State, who shouldn't have ever been that high, but it's now going to be a top 10 team, Ohio State's resume is hot garbage. And I just go back to the fact of this. Alabama's losses were a are a combined total of four points. 52-49 to Tennessee and 32-31 to LSU. Ohio State lost today 45 to 23 at home. At home. Both of Alabama's losses are on the road. And the fact that I'm sitting here having to make a case for Alabama in the uh, in the college football playoff is, is sickening on so many levels to me. But Ohio State lost 45-23 to at home in a game that they were favored by nine with perfect weather and arguably better health than the Michigan Wolverines who are without their, their number one running back who's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Ohio State scored three points in the second half at home in a game they were favored by nine in a series where Michigan hadn't won in that building since 2000. Probably, I don't, I haven't looked over the, the, the two teams' rosters, but most, the majority of the players on the field today were not alive when Michigan last beat Ohio State in Columbus. It was the what was the stat that I heard earlier, the biggest win in Columbus for Michigan since 1976. And if you do the math, there's some parents of players that played in that game today who were not alive for the last time a win of that size happened by Michigan to Ohio State in Columbus. I don't, you can't come back from that. You shouldn't come back from that. Because let's be honest, if Ohio State were to sneak into the playoff at four, they're going to draw, likely, one of two teams. Michigan, who just beat them 45-23 to at home in perfect weather in a game that Ohio State was favored by nine. Or you're going to play defending national champion and undefeated Georgia. Please, somebody explain to me. Give me a reason why Ohio State should be allowed to go into a playoff Playoffs, thanks, Jim. Um, into a playoff 
where it is obvious they are going to get their asses kicked. Okay? Because, let me tell you, as a Notre Dame fan, I've heard that multiple times. Why did Notre Dame get here? We knew they were going to lose. So why are you going to put Ohio State there if you know they're going to lose? Especially when there's other teams that probably have a better shot. Okay? Slightly better, maybe. But Ohio State's playoff chances died today on their home field. Somebody try to prove me otherwise. All right, last thing here. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. Caleb Williams' performance tonight is going to win him the Heisman Trophy. Hands down. You can lock it up. Send him to New York. You don't even need to send anybody else, I don't think. But is anybody going to care? And I don't say that because I'm coming off watching USC beat Notre Dame. Okay, I say that in general because I I don't know who actually cares about the Heisman Trophy anymore. It feels like an afterthought. I don't even really hear it being talked about that much. Okay, uh, the I the, it used to feel like it was such an important thing, and I feel like now it's being overshadowed by the playoff. Like that's the discussion because the the BCS rankings would come out on Sunday. Or the AP poll and the the coaches poll would come out on Sunday. You knew who was 1 through 25, and that was it. You move on. And you get to selection Sunday, and you know after conference championships and everything play out, you get to selection Sunday, you see who the bowl matchups are, and that's fine. And then people started talking about the – and kept talking about the Heisman. When did that stop? I, I, I couldn't – I could sit here without looking it up. I, I I couldn't I couldn't tell you who won the the last couple Heisman's. Was it Bryce Young last year? I honestly don't know. Like I I, I honestly like and and I like it stinks because it's supposed to be like the premier award in college football, right? Best player in the country, right? But I but part of me thinks that's the problem. Because I don't think it is the best player in college football anymore. I feel like it has become the best player for the best team. Or the the best player for one of the top five teams. And a lot of times I don't even feel like it's the best player from those teams that ends up winning it. Because rarely do you even have a, a defensive player or a wide receiver or a tight end you know, on 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 the finalist list, like it's rare that that happens, and even then, for it's even more rare for a not quarterback or running back to actually win the award. So, like, what is what used to feel like a huge award now feels like the meaning has changed, and less people care about it. It like becomes an afterthought. I used to look forward to the awards shows and the Heisman presentation. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched either of those things. And go ahead and insert joke about Notre Dame not being good here. That's fine. You can do that. But as somebody who like podcasts about sports and who loves sports, like I feel like a, a college football award show, which to me, college football greater than 
uh, NFL anyway. Like college football is my is the football that I love more than the NFL. And even I'm sitting here going, man, I don't I don't care who wins the Heisman. I don't even know who won the Heisman last year or the year before. But lock it up. Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams from USC is your Heisman Trophy winner this year. It's going to happen. I, I, there's nobody else that's going to be, that's even going to have a chance at this point. So congratulations, Caleb Williams. Uh, I guess. I guess it's a big deal. Great job. Um, that's going to do it, uh, for me, uh, hope everyone enjoyed the show. If you did, uh, share it with somebody you think might enjoy it, ask them to do the same. Uh, give us a follow at huddle up podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Get us on YouTube as well. Hit the link tree in our social media. You'll find our merchandise over at tpublic.com as well as our YouTube link, our, uh, so all of our social media links, all of our podcast links. Um, and our individual host podcast or a Twitter links as well, uh, so you can find and, and, and follow uh, all of the hosts of the Huddle Up podcast. We appreciate uh, the support each and every week uh, as we continue through this wild season of football once again. Um, but uh, until Tuesday night, we will be live uh, to make sense of the weekend that was. Look forward to the weekend ahead and also react to the latest college football playoff rankings going into the final weekend uh, before we get to Selection Sunday next week. So uh, thank you, everyone. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you on Tuesday. Until then, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.